Welcome to Soul Driven, a podcast dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for life inspiration, practical how-tos, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, and I am your host. Thank you for being here. Hi folks, before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to share that some of the topics that I might be talking about today could be potentially triggering for folks. Things related to spirituality, the Christian church, and molestation. I share that with you on the front end just to be sensitive to anyone who might want to be avoiding that kind of information. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. It is definitely shared with an open heart and from a place of love. So you're not getting ready to walk into some kind of tantrum, (laughs) not by any means, but just wanted to, again, be sensitive. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome back. Welcome back. So I just wanted to start off this episode by saying thank you. Thank you so much for being with me on this journey, for continuing to listen to Soul Driven Podcast. Anytime I hear from one of you, it literally makes my day. (laughs) So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A few announcements before we get into today's message. First, I am very excited to announce the launch of the Soul Driven Podcast Instagram and Facebook accounts. Do, 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 do. I need background music. <laughs> A big shout out to my assistant, Rochelle, who has been compiling and just working so hard on filling up these accounts with quotes and just information that I've been sharing on my own personal account, but kind of moving that all over. Rochelle has been working uh, with my agency since 2015, and I just, I'm so thankful for her and her work, but I'm really excited to now have these places for you so that you can come and hang out and interact with me and share your comments and your feedback on shows. Um, So make sure to check those out. Both accounts are just at Soul Driven Podcast. So links will definitely be in the show notes, but if you just wanna go searching for it, you'll find us. Um, Okay, and also we have so many exciting updates coming. It's kind of, I've been really feeling the impetus to take the podcast to the next level in a variety of different ways now that I'm becoming much more comfortable with it. And so over the next couple of weeks, you'll be seeing some cool stuff rolling out similar to like this Instagram and Facebook thing, but just providing more ways in which we can connect in meaningful ways. So I think you're going to be very excited anyway. I'm finally 
Just a short note on the email list offerings. I have decided to put um, creating additional content on hold for the time being while we are building out Soul Driven's foundation, if you will. Um, so make sure you do join the email list because there will be helpful tools and guides that I'll be sharing only with that community. Um, but I just wanted to update you on that. All right. So we're back for another soul lesson. And if you're new to my podcast, the soul lessons focus on spiritual wisdom that I've learned in my life or am currently learning. And this week's one is a biggie. <laughs> Losing my religion. So today we're going to kind of talk all about um, my spiritual revolution, if you will, um, from being born in a Christian church to finding my own way and creating my own brand of spirituality. So this lesson really centers on the importance of connecting with a faith, with a practice that is right for you, that is right for me, regardless of what society or family or anyone else says. When we can develop a personal relationship with the magical essence inside of us and around us, then we can truly step into who we are and share that with the world, which is everything to me. There's a quote that I go by and you're gonna start seeing it a lot in my marketing. It says, when you invest in yourself, the world benefits. And that is what I live, die, breathe by. <laughs> Guess I don't die, but you know what I mean. All right, so before we get into this, I just wanted to provide a disclaimer. This episode is not meant in any way to belittle, put down, or demolish any faith or religion. You can go back to my second episode titled Disclaimer to hear an elaborated version on what my current beliefs are, if you would like to. But suffice it to say that every faith, religion, ideology that is founded in love gets my respect. That's just where I'm at. So as I proceed today and share my story with you, if you are feeling any resistance arising or anger, I would invite you to question that about yourself. You know, it's, it's a funny thing in our society that we aren't able or we have a really difficult time accepting when people disagree with us. We have a difficult time even talking about those dis disagreements. And that's just silly, right? I mean, we all know that we're different. We have, we see the world different. We experience it differently. And we're missing out on so much by not sharing those differences because we could be learning from one another. So I just want you to remember that this episode is just me sharing my, sharing my story, my beliefs, where I come from, and that's it. We're all here to learn. All right, Whew. so let's get into this. <laughs> First, I just wanted to say that um, I wanted to write a blog about this topic last year when it kind of all came to the surface, losing my religion, if you will. 
Um, but my intention behind it was not pure. <laughs> I wanted to create it and then put like, you know, big capital letters, like losing my religion. And I kind of wanted it to, to hit home for a couple of people who really disagree with me. And that's just not the way to go about life. So I'm really thankful that I didn't do that <laughs> because now I can share this with you. And what's amazing is like, this is the perfect time. In fact, this wasn't even my idea. It was definitely a download. It was definitely given to me, showed to me that this is the time that I need to bring this message to you, that I need to share this about myself. There have been a lot of things popping up in my life saying that I really need to stop playing small. And one of the biggest things that I could think about was this podcast in regards to what I've been talking about, what I've been sharing. And while it's certainly been truthful and been a part of me, there's so much more. And so I think that this episode is really going to lay the path for the things that are going to be coming down the road. This, the topics I want to share with you, the people I want to interview, um, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> this is life. Spirituality is life. We are all spiritual, whether we realize that or not. And that does not mean that you have to go to church or be connected with any one faith or anything like that. Spiritual is who we are. We're just taught to turn off that part of ourselves at a very young age. So I'm going to start from the beginning. I was born into this world knowing God. I just, I just was. I, I can't ever think of a time when God wasn't a part of my life or something I was aware of. Um, when I was young, I was a sick child. I suffered from asthma. And my parents tell stories of me keeping them up late into the night when I was like three or four, asking them questions about God they couldn't answer. He's just always been there for me in my mind and my thoughts. I remember like the first time that my little mind wanted to wrap around the concept of eternity. I was, gosh, I think at first grade and um, my dad was taking us to school. And I can't remember, I think I had read something in the Bible or heard something, you know, about like when you die, like you live forever, like you live for eternity. And I was just, you know, in the back seat, like eternity, eternity, eternity. And I was like, dad, like, what is eternity? How long does it last? And I don't even remember what he said, but I just remember sitting there trying to wrap my head around eternity and like, not being able to. I mean, like imagine this like first grader walking into class, you know, just like bewildered, thinking about eternity. <laughs> I was a strange kid. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I um, encourage you to hit pause and just think about wrapping your mind around eternity. Guess what? You won't be able to. A couple of years ago, it was cool because I came across uh, something where the scientist was trying to explain like the, you know, overly intelligent ways of explaining the mechanics of why our brain can't understand something like eternity. And I had to laugh because I was just like, dude, I could have told you that when I was a kid. <laughs> but it was cool to see that because there's literally no there's no way that our minds can do that. 
So my parents were really devout Christians. Um, they met in Munich, Germany when they were both very young. It was in the midst of this spiritual revival and they decided to get married after knowing each other for two and a half weeks because they felt led to do so. In that, I grew up in a very strict and structured environment. We went to church, we were you know, taught to be obedient, to have manners, we sat up straight at the dinner table, we interacted with the adults, we didn't like, you know, we weren't sent off to do things. Um, we were taught to be responsible and pick up after ourselves and integrity was a huge thing. I mean, I remember having a bar of soap shoved in my mouth one day because I had lied. I can't remember the full um, situation and, and it was terrible. And if you're sitting there thinking like, oh my gosh, her awful parents, no. That was actually a very normal thing that parents were being like advised to do that during that time by the church. My parents were young and I was the first. <laughs> so the first child's always kind of the experiment child. Suffice it to say, nobody got soap in their mouth after that. My parents did their best, so be nice to them, okay? <laughs> But church was a regular part of our life. I mean, I went to private school, we prayed in class, I went to Wednesday night church events, um, my parents sang, played instruments. So everything we did was so, like centered around church, um, except for, of course, the restaurant. It was the church and restaurant, the church and restaurant. But even then, as a young girl, I pushed back. I had the wherewithal to just really see things for what they were. And I saw all the hypocrisy. Um, my mother has baby blonde hair. My father is a dark skinned Spanish man. And I could just, I, I remember just watching in church at these people talking to them and seeing the fact that like on the inside of them, they didn't like my parents. They were judging my parents. They didn't like my family. They judged our family. I thought that the like pastors who would jump up and down screaming and yelling looked like egotistical monkeys beating their chest. It was just like, dude, why do you have to yell? And the thing was, it was just like, God always seemed so much greater to me than what I found in the church and even what I found in the Bible. And I mean, like, I was a fan of the Bible. There's just always something about Christian Christianity. There's always been something about Christianity that's made me feel dirty or like something is wrong with me. And I, I should share that um, I'm not positive if it is fully the, like the fault of Christianity or also just a lot of the racism that I experienced growing up in a small mountain town with two parents who had different color of skin and owned a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> it invited a lot of commentary. I will say that for sure. I mean, my friends, parents, like either they didn't want their daughters hanging out with me or they thought I was always the troublemaker. But the bottom line is just that the church and everything kind of connected with the church made me feel wrong. It made me feel less. And I mean, like, if you think about it, what you're taught in church 
and what they used to like try and pump through our head was this notion that like we are not worthy of God. You know, we're not good enough for God. And that just never made sense to me. But then I'd go in this terrible loop of guilt because then I'd be like, I'd be pushing back against that, but then I'd be scared, you know, because it would be like, well, gosh, maybe I'm wrong and maybe, maybe God really, you know, that is the truth. And then I would feel bad because I wasn't beholden to the people or even the teachings. It was much more about wanting to please God because I loved God. I enjoyed God in my life. I, I just always called him father. I mean, that is just, you know, even calling my own dad father is strange to me because God to me has always been father. Um, but what are you gonna do, right? Like guilt is pretty synonymous with religion. So as you can imagine, I was an angry teenager and anyone who knew me would definitely agree. <laughs> but it was just that like, I saw this hypocrisy so clearly and I just couldn't handle being around it. But thankfully God came with me and God stayed with me. So even into my late teens and early 20s, I, it was right around that time when I realized that like, God truly is my best friend. If there was anyone in my corner, it was God. And that was specifically because he was always there. It was literally his consistency that won me over. Like no matter how bad I was or what I did or how shameful or any of those things, if I broke down and asked for help and just opened up wide and was vulnerable, boom, he was always there. Boom, he would always take care of the situation. Always. Consistency. It's kind of funny that today, that is the number one piece of advice that I give my clients or my business owners. It's like, just be consistent. No matter what it is, it always wins. So for the rest of this story, we're gonna kind of skip around a little bit um, so that I don't tell you the longest story of your life. <laughs> but um, we'll jump right into my late 20s when um, I was at school at Chapel Hill and I decided that I needed more church in my life. I had actually been invited to a church, an amazing church, it was very nice. Um, I went, it was cool because the church represented over I think 60 different ethnicities and um, after the service I got up to go meet the girl who had invited me and she was with her friends and they were like hey we're gonna go to the lake you want to come and I was like maybe and this one girl said oh my gosh I'm gonna wear a bikini today and I was just like oh my goodness that was kind of the last straw for me in church because it just made me see again, like, I, I don't know how I'm going to identify with these people. Like, here I am in my later 20s and I'm like, girlfriend, if you think that is scandalous, let me tell you some stories. <laughs> um, so that was it for me. And I was just like, you know what? I'm done, I'm done with church. But I wanted to have some kind of church in my life. And I came across Joyce Meyer's podcast. So I have to tell you a fun little story. When I was in high school, 
during a particularly rebellious time, my mother gave me a Joy, a Joyce Meyer book. And I took it and turned it over and looked at her and I thought, or I said to my mother, we have nothing in common. And I gave the book back to her. I was so wrong. <laughs> so, so, so wrong. I started listening to Joyce when I would bike to class. I started listening to Joyce in between classes. I started listening to her at night and in the morning. I was obsessed. We are so much alike. Our intense spirits, our very rebellious sort of like attitudes, the way we are always pushing back against people. And in addition, Joyce had a very, very difficult upbringing. Um, something that I share with her in that I was molested as a child. She unfortunately experienced much worse throughout her younger life. Um, but I just, man, I like, I completely connected with her. She was an example of someone who I wanted to be. And it wasn't that I agreed with everything she said. I mean, I've long gotten over that, <laughs> that idea. But it was just that, I mean, if, if you don't know Joyce Meyer, she is someone who just speaks truth. Like she just, I mean, she gives like no nonsense advice. Um, and so, yeah, you could listen to her and not be a Christian and maybe not agree with all the things she says, but she has some great advice. She was truly my spiritual teacher during that time. And thanks to her and because of her, I started the habit of hanging out with God first thing every morning, which has become the saving grace of my adult life. So jumping from my late 20s into my early 30s, right around 33 or so, my spiritual revolution began. And it began when I was living in Vietnam. I had moved there because I was ready to take my business on the road. And my mother, who couldn't understand while I was going, I just knew that my life was too comfortable, that things were going too well, and yet I wasn't happy. So I needed to shake things up. I also had this like underlining feeling that like God was going to deal with me. And I had to go. So I went to Vietnam and I was an ex I mean my business was very successful when I left. I was turning very successful people away as clients because I just couldn't take on any more. But I got to Vietnam and I got wrapped up in the same old patterns that have been um, throughout my life, this this like focus on partying and just kind of like zoning out, numbing out, whatever the case may be. That's a whole different podcast. But all of a sudden, I started losing everything. Mind you, I was not losing my clients because I was partying, not by any means. Um, I came to Vietnam because, well, I came to Vietnam, you know, with the full intention of like, hey, I will do whatever I need to do to keep my clients. Even if that's a 2 a.m. call, I'll make it happen. So I didn't understand why they started dropping off. Um, when I returned from Vietnam, I was still working with a photographer there. And I saw from their perspective, it was kind of like everything took two days. So I got it then, but I definitely didn't get it while I, when I was in Vietnam. And it was 
crushing to lose client after client after client. And then all of a sudden I started getting sick and I started like my legs would swell up so big I couldn't put my pants on or my feet so big that I couldn't put my shoes on. And I gained like 20 or 30 pounds in a very short amount of time. I mean, I just like blew up and my stomach was in constant pain all the time. I spent multiple days in bed. It was awful. And all of a sudden I was in a country across the world from everyone that like I knew and loved. Um, and I had, I had friends in Vietnam. I knew great people in Vietnam. That wasn't the case, but I mean, I'm talking like, you know, your people, <laughs> your people. And my parents weren't really talking to me because all oh, of just, you know, I should say my mother is never a big fan of me running off and going on my adventures. Um, but they were also dealing with things in their own life. And so I felt so alone and I was so sick and I had no money. I mean, I was living in a country where you could get lunch for like $1.25, you know, fresh, amazing food. And I was counting my dimes and nickels because I was so broke because I had lost everything. And I just have to tell you that God did deal with me in that. And I don't want to share that with you in some like harsh way because that's not the case at all. What happened was is that through a course of me making, you know, very specific decisions leading up till that time, I lost everything. And I mean everything was stripped away. And I realized all I have is God. All I have is God. And man, I, I mean, I lived for every morning I would get up, I would go for my walks where I would like pray and I would talk to God and I would like have my morning devotions when I would get back and I would write in my journal and I was hardcore with my um, verses. I would put them up on my board and they gave me strength and they helped me get through that. That was a huge, huge turning point for me. So when I came back to the States, you can believe that I was very humbled, sufficient, sufficiently so. Um, I was also very sick and in need of recovery, which led me to yoga. My body literally couldn't handle anything else but gentle yoga classes. And I went obsessively. I couldn't believe how amazing I started feeling immediately just immediately. I mean, I was there like every day. I, I got the unlimited package and baby, I used it. <laughs> but yoga was the first gateway to opening my door, uh, like my spiritual door. It was crazy. I started getting connected with the body that I had always been so disconnected from. I've always had a lot of body images like body image issues. I have always been very shameful when it comes to my body or my sexuality. I have always felt the need to cover up and the need to like make sure that I'm not exposing too much or I'm not all of these different things. And yoga started getting me in touch with my body like I had never been before. And then it started connecting me with my heart. And so while I was in yoga and these women would be talking about these Hindu beliefs and these Hindu things, like first of all, the woman who owned the yoga studio, her husband was like a pastor and she was a Christian. 
And I was just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, like I had always been taught that like yoga is demonic and yoga is blah, 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 blah. Wrong, 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 wrong. For so many of us who live disconnected from our bodies, yoga is the first place that we can call home and is the first place that introduces us to that home. Um, all I knew was that I found so much love in yoga that I was hooked. And kind of like I shared at the beginning of this podcast, if something is founded in love, then like I'm there. I'm not turning away from it because I know love. I know God's love. And even though I didn't understand it, I wasn't going to let what had been shared with me pretty much my entire life stop me. So about a year later in 2016, my friend Christian, he is an agnostic Danish friend of mine who was so kind and indulged me for many, 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 many months um, in these great like philosophical debates. We would uh, just debate things back and forth, back and forth. He is extremely educated when it comes to different philosophers. And of course, I would be hitting him up with like, you know, my faith, which at the time was very much Christian. And of course, I've always been way more of a liberal Christian than like basically anyone I know, um, but a Christian nonetheless, right? Um, and I should say specifically a Christian who has like laws in place, who believes if you step outside this line, then blah, blah, blah. Um, I never believed like homosexuality was wrong or any of those things, which I'll chat about later. But he sent me a book as a gift, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And wow, 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 wow. If you aren't familiar with Conversations with God, if you are having any kind of like if you are curious about spirituality, if you want to understand more about who God is, I would really encourage you to pick up this book. It is one that has become like a new Bible to me. I frequently give it to friends as gifts. I can't even tell you how many times I've read it front to back a minimum of 10 times. And the first time I read it was in 2016. It is incredible. And I mean, the story behind it is there's an author and he very frustrated with his life, very unhappy with his life. And um, actually, I don't even know that he was an author before this. I don't think he was. Um, anyway, one day he like had just gotten fired from yet another job and was really angry and really upset. And he started writing to God and was just like, why do you do this to me? Why, 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 why? I'm so angry and blah, 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 blah. And he put down his pen and then all of a sudden it started writing back to him. And the conversations with God, like book series, which I don't even know how many there are. Um, I'm just now reading two and three, if that gives you any indication of how, the, how, how much, how huge the first book has impacted me. Um, but this conversation with God lasted over several years and he shares it with us. And I went into this book thinking very much like, there's no way I'm going to believe this. There's no way that this could be true. 
And within, I don't know, like just a couple of pages, my heart started singing. My heart like burst open. My heart was just like, no human on the planet could answer questions like this, could speak like this, could just know. <laughs> like, it's just not possible. And, and I, that was it. I mean, I walked around for weeks being like, okay, God, like, blah, 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 like asking questions, like going back and forth between being like, okay, God, like we've already always known each other. Why haven't you done this with me? Like <laughs> jumping from that into like questions, like, oh, so much. So fast forward to 2018, um, when I was losing my business, the retail business that I've kind of shared with you all before, I can tell you that God was the only thing that was helping me get out of bed that day. That and the fact that I felt like I was truly living my purpose, it was hard. So books like Conversations with God, the Bible, the power of positive thinking, they were literally what helped me through, what got me from day to day. But of course, as we know, everything with that business came to an end in November 2018. And I stepped into the greatest heartbreak of my life. I thought Vietnam was hard. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. It was nothing. I can't even tell you what that pain felt like. And it wasn't because I so-called air quotes failed. It was because I had connected with a piece of my purpose. I had felt that. I had been living in that. And to go from that back to a life of just paying the bills that was soul crushing in a way that I can't even explain to you. In a way that is so painful, it makes a totally sane person contemplate suicide. It was soul crushing. In addition, two months later, I decided to join a group of my friends who were doing a 90 day no drinking challenge. But that turned into a full year for me because it was so epic. Between the heartbreak and the sobriety, which was like the veil getting lifted from over my eyes, my spiritual doors were blown off the hinges. I so fast and so quickly discarded and questioned everything in my life, everything. My parents, my relationship, what I was doing, who I was, my spirituality, I mean everything. And this led into a full year of just rediscovering myself, rewriting everything for myself, you know, like my life, my career, of course, most importantly, my spirituality. By May, I was realizing things like, yo, I'm an introvert. <laughs> I've never known that. I have never known that. Yet I have always struggled with small talk. <laughs> I don't do it. Like anyone who knows me knows that like, I'll be like, hey, what's up? And then like, I wanna deep dive. I wanna know where your soul's at. I wanna know how you're feeling and what's painful for you. I wanna help find solutions. I wanna know about the awesome things. I wanna go deep. I like my home and that I am super empathic, which is just, I never knew that before. I never understood why it was that I like could be having a perfectly good day and talk to someone who wasn't and like be, you know, have some kind of train wreck just totally derail me. 
I didn't realize that that was what it was, that I was empathic, that I had really strong intuition. By July, I was like, my mind was completely opening. I was learning things about reincarnation. And I mean, did y'all know the Catholic churches used to believe this, teach this, everything? It was actually pulled out of the Bible. Oh my gosh, and so much more. Another podcast. I was learning about things like boundaries and codependency. I mean, just like, holy crap, you know, boundaries in of itself. You could spend an entire year just kind of deep diving on that. So by day, I was redesigning, recreating my business. I was shifting. And by night, I was like learning about all of these things, like different ideologies and faiths and religions. <laughs> and I got to tell you, by like midsummer, during a conversation with my mom, I realized that I had become her definition of new age. And it cracked me up. It was like, really? Really? This is new age? This is new age. <laughs> I had always grown up um, hearing about new age and like, you know, thinking these were like very weird granola people who like have these, I don't know, these ideals that are just like far out, you know? Um, and it, to realize that like now you're a part of that definition was like, okay. This is interesting, <laughs> right? Very strange. Um, and then in August, oh man, August, I went to an acupuncturist for the very first time. And I went because I knew at the core of me that I had energy blocks that needed to be released. Don't ask me how I knew this. Again, I have very strong intuition, but I just knew it. I knew that Western doctors weren't going to be able to help me. There was a myriad of things that were going wrong with my body. But I knew if I went to a Western doctor, they A, wouldn't listen to me, B, would probably just put me on meds, and C, wouldn't help me find any kind of solution. So I wasn't doing that. All shit hit the fan after that appointment. I was literally blown wide open in the best of ways. Since then, it has been this whirlwind of a life and it's been so much fun. I've been rediscovering my love of rocks and crystals, learning about them, also learning how to use them to heal myself and others. People close to me have been getting rock gifts for a long time now. <laughs> learning how to use pendulums, oracle cards, tarot cards, and understanding in the midst of all of this, like that the evil that we assume these things they have. I mean, like these things have always been demonized by the Christian church and by so many other churches, but realizing that the only evil that comes through even an Ouija board isn't because of the thing, it's because of the person who wields it. So if I am evil, then whatever it is that I'm using becomes evil. If I am not, then I'm not. And I don't really believe in the term of evil, so I probably shouldn't be using that. Um, but I want to say like negative, you know, I mean like negative, dark, those kinds of things. The bottom line is just that like we are the force behind these things. We are the channel from which that power comes through. I learned all about intuition. 
Um, I learned about setting boundaries for my empathic gifts. Um, I learned that I have all of these spiritual gifts that I'm a healer. And I realized like we all have this. It's not just me. It's not just, you know, someone on a podcast or a TV show or a YouTube thing that you're watching that can talk to angels or can, um, you know, communicate with spirit, like people who have already passed away. Like those people are not special in that we all have similar gifts. We all have different kinds of gifts. Some folks come into this world already having stronger gifts and having stronger connections. We're all just on so many different levels. And in the midst of all of this, the world was changing. Our politics were totally becoming unhinged, right? 2019. And by November of last year, I decided that I no longer want to identify as a Christian. That was a very, very, very big thing for me to come to because even in the midst of all of my learning and all the things that I was doing, um, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) I really didn't. Um, And I didn't decide that because my relationship with God had changed. You know, learning how to do tarot cards or learning how much crystals can heal us and help us didn't change my relationship with God. None of that if anything, and and not if anything, the only thing that happened is my relationship with God has become so much stronger and so much more clearly defined. The reason that I decided to drop the Christian label is because I saw fully that I don't and never have identified with Christian ideals. I will never believe that it is wrong to to love someone of the same sex. Never. I wrote a blog about that last year on Medium and it still receives so much attention. I'll make sure to leave a link for you. Um, But I will never, ever believe that. I, it's never. I will never be okay with privilege or racism or treating people less because they have less or any of those things. I will never accept misogyny. Men and women and and all genders, all all of us are the same. Um, I will never align with hypocrisy. I despise hierarchy and the church is full of all of that. I should say that the majority of organized religion is full of all of that. And I don't say that to demonize the church because here's the thing. The church and all churches were founded with good intentions. You know, they learned something. They had something to share, right? They wanted to share a message. But when they started sharing, then other people took that message and they started sharing, but maybe they added their own little flavor to it. And so the first person who started sharing said, no, 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 only share it this way. And then so laws and rules started being put into place. And then people started pulling things out that didn't serve them or didn't serve their want to control. So I don't want to say that, and again, demonize the church, but it is what it is. They got off track. They missed the boat. Churches have no idea. Organized religion has no idea who God is. 
And I guess I shouldn't say organized religion because the only one that I can fully speak to is the Christian religion. It is so off base. We have so lost ourselves. And here I go again, wrapping myself up in that. You know, when you spend like over what, like 30, duh, 37 years identifying as a Christian, you know, basically I was five when I um, became saved. It's kind of hard not to, but I'm saying like, man, Christians just missing the boat, missing the boat. So the only label that I wear today is my own name. And I'm proud of that one because I'm in control of it. I'm responsible for it. I can work on myself. I can choose what is right for myself, what is right for my like for my life. Decide what beliefs and ideals are right for me. And that is what this whole message is about. It's not about putting the church down or saying that I'm right and something else is wrong. It's saying that each of us must discover, like truly discover for ourselves what is right. And I don't mean what we grew up in. I don't mean what we're spoon fed by someone else, by church or those we love. We must for ourselves do the work. I mean, I'm talking about excavate that ish, y'all. We must explore. We must ask a million questions. We must open ourselves up and be vulnerable and lead with our heart and be willing to look like fools and just figure it out. Go inside and find out what is right for us. Because at the end of the day, all we have, all we have is who we are. And who we are is dictated by what we believe, what we stand behind or with, what's in our heart, and no one else, no one should be in control of such a valuable piece of real estate, right? That's our life. That's, that's, our, that's our lens. That's our perspective. No one should be in control of that but us. Not the conditioning of the world or the politics or anyone that loves us. This is about us. My mission with this podcast is in, is to inspire you to get curious, to go to those deep places, to realize that the true success in life is really knowing who you are, accepting who you are, what you're all about, and then using that knowledge to inspire others to do the same. We are all here for a purpose, for a mission. And I hope that my message today will help inspire you or encourage you or motivate you to begin to define your own, define your own path. If you're still with me, again, I just wanna say thank you. I know this message is much longer than the ones that I have been sharing, but I felt like these were crucial pieces to the puzzle. And of course, there's so much more. I have lived a very full life, which I'm really thankful for. Um, but, you know, in those lessons and experiences I want to bring to you. But I really felt like it needed to start here. I really felt like I needed to say this because and share these things with you because spirituality is everything for me. It is who I am every single day when I wake up and when I go to bed. And it's going to be infused and everything this podcast is. So again, thank you.
Now, I want to hear from you. What part of today's soul lesson resonated the most with you? Come hang out with me on Instagram at Soul Driven Podcast and share on today's post. You can also utilize the hashtag Soul Driven Podcast, or you can just send me an email at souldrivenpodcast at gmail.com. Bottom line, I'd love to hear from you. If today's message inspired you, please leave me an iTunes review. Share this episode on social media and with those you love. Don't forget to sign up for the email list. Exciting things are coming soon that will only be shared with that community. All links from today's show will be found in the show notes. And don't forget, friends, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits.